Rockin' Raven, a podcast about finding the perfect path towards your perfect post-secondary destination. Each episode, we will highlight events you'll want to attend, deadlines you won't want to miss, and share some insight into what makes Carleton University a community like no other. Let's start the show. Hello, future Ravens. Welcome back to the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. It's week two of faculty month, and this week we're going to be talking a bit about our faculty of engineering and design with a special attention towards leadership. What does it mean for our faculty to lead our students? And what does it mean when our students themselves become leaders in their own right? A lot of the time when we talk a bit about the university experience, we tend to default into the classroom, but so much of what makes university special happens beyond that classroom setting. So we're gonna have a conversation about what it means to excel both inside and outside of your classes. And some of our students are not only amazing people, they're amazing athletes as well. So I wanna take a moment to give a huge shout out to two phenomenal athletes here at Carlton U. First off, Alexandra Telford. She is a track and field star. And during last week's U Sports Championship, she not only broke our university record in the 300 meter race, she was able to win the bronze medal, which made Alexandra the very first Ravens women's competitor and first track athlete to medal at the national championship. So huge accomplishment, huge kudos and congrats to Alexandra from all of us in the Ravens family. Now, another sport that we are you know, making history in is men's basketball. I don't know if you watched it this past Sunday, but Carleton University won their 10th title in the last 11 years, their 16th title in the last 19. And one athlete I want to shout out is Alain Louis, who was named the Jack Donahue Trophy winner as U Sports Tournament MVP. It sometimes it gets a bit repetitive to win all the time. This is not one of those situations. We are always so proud and happy when our athletes do what they do best. And that's to do their best. And in the case of our men's basketball team, that best led to another national championship. So huge kudos to Alain, to Alexandra, and to every single student athlete that does their very, very best to represent the Carlton Ravens. Now it's time for us to dig into our conversation surrounding leadership and it was a really great talk. I got a chance to connect with Banu, who is a professor in our civil and environmental engineering department. She's doing a lot of really great things that's um, helping a lot of great students. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Banu. It's time for faculty chats. It's time for faculty chats. My guest today is Dr. Banu Ormachi. 
director of the Global Water Institute, Canada research professor, and professor in Carleton's Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering. Doctor, how are you doing today? Thank you for having me as well. What a pleasure. Yeah, it's great, great that you're able to do this. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time now. For those who may not be familiar with uh, your background, can you talk a bit more about your academic journey? How did you get that beautiful, fancy title of director of the Global Water Institute and maybe some of the courses that you're teaching at Carleton? I did my undergraduate in Turkey. That's where I was born and grew up. And then I had scholarships and then I went to Duke University in the U.S. And that's where I completed my master's and Ph.D. degrees. Uh, I did a postdoc there. I was an assistant research professor. And after that, I moved to Canada. Carleton University is a great university. I had an offer from Carleton and Canada is a wonderful country. And so we decided to move to Canada and I really have not regretted that decision at all over the years. So I am an engineer, environmental engineer, and that's a great field to be in as well. It is an engineering field, but it is so connected to science and public health, environment, you know, daily issues. I, I don't know. I'm just really fortunate that I work on really interesting stuff. These days, I work on monitoring the COVID-19 virus in wastewater in many communities in Ontario. So that's really nice research. I work with public health officials, decision makers in the ministry, municipalities. I really do not have a boring day. I love my research. I love teaching. And I'm really grateful that I have such a wonderful job. You, you definitely are wearing a lot of different hats, and it's really great to see that our students will benefit from someone with some, so much great experience and exposure to the various levels and applications of their studies. I want to know, how has the idea of being a faculty member and the, the, the job of being a, a member of a faculty at a, a university like Carleton changed since you started teaching? You know, we've seen, obviously, the introduction of things like social media and the cross-pollination of different programs. You know, it's not just engineering, like you mentioned, there's some science in there, there's some public service in there too. So, so how has that changed from your perspective? Right, so that's an excellent question. And being a professor is definitely wearing lots of different hats. In early days, it was mostly about teaching. Like if you did a good job with teaching, you would be okay. But now the expectations are so much more and so different as well. Research obviously is very important. And it's also research that brings funding, funding to the university. And it's also the research dollars that enables me to pay graduate students their scholarships. So, so that's just how the system works. But in addition to that, there's also expectation, at least in science and engineering fields, to create intellectual property, you know, to invent things, to license IP, to commercialize. And also there's a lot of emphasis by the government to create startups. So be an entrepreneur, which was, you know, never before expected from a university professor. Uh, another one, for example, really being out there, like uh, be a leader in your field and then be present, like do interviews, you know, give talks. And, and so there are lots of different expectations and, uh, and all of these are also really connected to leadership skills and how you take on these roles. 
you dropped the word leadership a couple of times there. So, so let's touch on that. For you, what is the definition of leadership? And how, do you, how did you develop your own leadership skills? Leadership is an interesting concept, is it? <laughs> if you look up <laughs> definitions, everybody's understanding of who is a leader, what is a leader, you know, what should be a leader, what should a leader be doing, or what are the best traits. So depending on who you ask, the answer will be different. For me, I think the most important one is when I say leadership, and I do not like that kind of leadership, like it doesn't have to be really dominant personality like be out there you know rah, 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 like I am the head of this I'm the director of that this is what I do and this is what I will continue to do I don't think that's really the ideal uh, leadership what I love seeing and this is also what I encourage in my students is you know like there is an opportunity there is something that you feel you can do you can contribute and you can rise to that challenge you can be a leader but you don't have to stay there all the time and then after that just step down and you know there will be other opportunities and you can again step up so it doesn't have to be related to a role or position and there are lots of opportunities and it does really help for an institution such as Carlton for example is to involve in everyone have a diverse group of leaders and again not everybody needs a title and, and just contribute to, to Carlton. My favorite kind of leadership is collaborative leadership. And what you're right. describing is exactly that, right? The idea of, well, there, there are, you know, titles that do play a role in the structure of an organization or uh, an event. At the end of the day, every single person that's, that's participating that plays a key role in not only moving that forward, but also being a leader uh, within their skill set or, or avenue or interaction. So, so I, I love the idea of, you know, not being placed in leadership, but being a participant of the leadership experience. Right. And like, I'm from the U.S. system. And that is something that really surprised me when I first went to U.S. right after my undergraduate school. So there's, there has always been a lot of emphasis on leadership in the U.S., mm-hmm. And, and I remember one of my first memories in U.S., probably this was like my first week at Duke University on campus. And I saw a small kid and he was wearing a shirt that says, be a leader. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gee, what a strange message is that to give to your child? It's not be a good person, be ethical, but be a leader. And so I've seen that in U.S. quite a bit. Maybe it's a bit more aggressive type of leadership, maybe a bit more selfish. And that's just not really the ideal leadership example, because that can be very damaging for an institution or to to the community as well. And, And really what I like to see is everyone works together collaboratively. Everyone enjoys these opportunities because these are learning opportunities too. The more you do them, you start small But the more you do them, the more you're comfortable, the larger leadership roles that you can take. And I think that really benefits everyone. That provides a satisfaction to everyone. So it's not like one person getting all the credit. And I think that's really the way to go. Mm -hmm. Is that that the way that you organize your classrooms? No, because a lot of times when students will walk into a class, they will see the professor at the front. And right away, there's this association of 
you know, leader, someone who has, you know, obviously more knowledge, but they're in a, they're placed at a, a kind of a, a higher quote unquotation marks, a higher position. H- how do you then foster that collaborative environment within your classrooms? I involve leadership skills, developing leadership skills in my classroom, as well as I organize lots of extracurricular activities for students to develop these skills. So in the classroom, it is it can be a bit more limited, but there are certain opportunities. Even group projects provide a great opportunity for leadership roles. And also like we have, for example, field trips even assigning certain tasks to people, okay, like you're in charge of organizing this, you're in charge of organizing the bus that we're going to take. I mean, those are all small steps towards developing leadership skills. Outside of the classroom, I am the faculty advisor for several uh, student chapters. Women in Science and Engineering is one. One of the very first student chapters I started at Carleton right after I started as an assistant professor, because I noticed there wasn't really a group like that, and I was surprised. So so I'm not hands-on, meaning this is their chapter. It's not me deciding what events should happen or, you know, what should the students be doing. We have lots of mentoring events, and, you know, they organize uh, various events with high school kids, with graduate students, undergraduate students, postdoc. So there's lots of opportunities there. And I do that on the professional side of things. We have a number of uh, water-related groups like Water Environment Ontario, Ontario Water Works Association. So these are water-related professional organizations in in Ontario. And then we also have student chapters for that. So this is really nice because then the students can be in direct touch with the professionals, you know, who have jobs, who know things, who so students can network effectively. And also they experience again they practice their leadership skills. So each chapter has an executive committee, for example, like there's a president and there's a treasurer and you know they take on these roles, they learn how to do these roles and in a very protected, safe environment. You know, if you fail, you fail. So what we learn from those mistakes and move on. And I think those opportunities are uh, really helpful. And it's also easier to do these things these days, I find. Like now there's so much emphasis on networking, young professionals. The professional community is also supportive. Like when I ask them to include students in conferences, you know, they give talks, they're involved in workshops. No one ever said no. So, so that's a great benefit as well, that maybe through my networks that creates opportunities to students and they are welcoming events and they are given roles and positions, which is wonderful to see. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, it's like a leadership labs that you're creating, you know, with, with the, the labs that we have in engineering and our sciences, it gives students a, a really kind of safe environment to try, make mistakes, learn and then try again. Yeah. And you're, you're doing that through these different initiatives to give students a chance to try being a treasurer or a president or whatnot and, and join different groups. And like you said, meet different people that could then create more opportunities and, and really have that kind of domino effect, which is, which is really, really great to see. So one more thing that I mm-hmm. would like to add, I mean, we said classroom and, you know, extracurricular events, groups, et cetera, but another great way to develop leadership skills is through research and this maybe applies more to 
40 and undergraduate students as well as graduate students. But like I have lots of different research partners and the students are invited to all meetings with, you know, these can be industrial partners, companies, government, public health units. And I also ask them to give the presentations. So it can be very scary for a student. You know, some of these meetings are really high profile. And then I can do, you know, I can cover the half of the presentation and, and then the student can present their work. So, so those, those are great opportunities as well for developing these skills, being more comfortable. The more you do it, the better you get at it, basically. And also for networking opportunities. But research is another avenue that can be very effectively used to develop the leadership skills for students. Can we talk a bit about the Global Water Institute? Maybe touch on some of the, what it is. Uh, Also, maybe some of the research that's being done through this institute and and if uh, some of our students are are participating in that research. Right. So water, which is my main research area, drinking water treatment, wastewater treatment. So that is like water touches everyone. Okay. And then if you look at Carlton researchers, professors, you know, there are lots of professors in other faculties, not not just in science or engineering, that really work on topics related to water. For example, water and sanitation, wash, like in developing countries. So in Africa, like water is related, is, is human rights, is it? And then water and women, because in developing countries, it is women. So it is related to even education of girls in developing countries. So, so, so water is a very broad topic and also it brings everyone together so it just creates lots of opportunities so then there was an initiative to create clusters at Carlton so I thought okay water is is probably a great topic and then I started looking and guess what like we have more than 100 researchers at Carlton who work on topics related to water okay it's it's a wonderful way to start collaborations at Carlton, but also we take advantage of our location, Ottawa, you know. So we are so close to embassies. We have really established researchers, very well recognized around the world. So we naturally have lots of international connections. And so we bring all of that, but also it's not just for research. We want to be the bridge between universities and government. And particularly our focus is obviously on Carlton University. So we have monthly events that we get together, like water talks, and that's a great learning opportunity. And our talks are also open to public and we have speakers from Carlton as well as events from other countries. And in terms of a project example, like we just finished one at the end of March, a couple of days ago. So that project was funded by Environment Change and Climate Canada, and it's on microplastics. So microplastics is a hot issue right now. I mean, you know that plastics are everywhere, unfortunately. And plastics, they stay in the environment for thousands of years. Okay? We produce all this plastic waste, unfortunately, and they do not 
dissolve or disappear, but what happens is they break up into smaller and smaller pieces. So now there's microplastic pollution everywhere in soil, in water, in air, even in food that we eat. And so we also have great expertise at Carlton, you know, like I work on treatment technologies, how to remove them from water or wastewater, but we also have researchers in biology, chemistry that look at the impacts of microplastics on environmental systems, aquatic ecosystems, you know, like do toxicity tests and things like that. So we have a great group at Carlton uh, and we do, we also have really nice facilities now. And so that's also a very collaborative research again. And, and we try to tackle really hot topics, hot issues. And it's just wonderful to see that collaboration and we have the ability to do that. And we also work with technology providers. So like my project, the one that I had funding for. So we work with three kind of market to entry level Canadian technologies and help them to develop their products, create a space in the market for them. And so those experiences are very rewarding and very important as well. And there's not so many successful examples in Canada. That's really the, the best part about being an employee at a university is seeing that, seeing how you know, there are real topics that are being discussed. And then at every level, you know, our researchers, our faculty, our students, everyone is trying from different points of view to tackle that issue, to tackle that topic. And it's involving you know, the federal level, it's involving the startup level and everything in between. So that kind of melting pot of ideas of innovation, of collaboration, of, you know, real kind of um, urgency is, is super cool to, to just kind of be a part of and, and, and to see. So, so thank you for, for laying that out. Now, before we uh, end our conversation, uh, there's a question I like to ask about the undergraduate experience. How would you describe or define a successful undergraduate experience? You know, having good marks grades is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are interested in graduate school, it certainly helps a lot, opens many doors, and there's some excellent scholarships that you can get really paid well, and there's no tax on student scholarships, so maybe this is a great opportunity for recruitment as well for graduate students, but you know, high marks is not enough. The undergraduate experience should ideally ideally be a holistic, a complete experience. And so being involved and being engaged is very, very important. This also helps to build your, your CV, have you know various activities, roles, leadership skills is so important. When they're students, I mean it's kind of too late after you already graduate. I mean you can always start, but when you're looking for jobs, you already want to have some items on your CV that you can show for leadership skills. So, so it is very important for students to be engaged, to be involved, but are they going to be involved in like groups, student chapters, student government, anything where they can show their leadership skills, develop their leadership skills is great. If some of these skills are related to their area of study, that's better. But even things like something that you enjoy, like my daughter, I'll give an example from my daughter who is a who is an undergraduate student. So she is the president of the a cappella group. Okay, like you look at it, how is this gonna be relevant? It is so relevant 
because number one, she enjoys doing it. Okay, so that's really important as well. But there are uh, subgroups under the acapella group. So like she holds meetings, for example, or there's always some conflict, push and pull, because, you know, there are different group leaders and they want to do different things. And it is such a great practice to deal with these like conflict resolution and how you maneuver through that and then run meetings and then work on bylaws and budgets and things like that. So even if you think, well, this is not maybe very relevant to my field, these experiences are are so precious. And I really encourage all our students to start early, build some of these skills when they're still students. And that helps a lot with employment as well. Like when I look at my students, the ones that find immediate employment are the ones who are also more involved and engaged during their undergraduate years. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Benu, so much for joining us. It was really great to hear your thoughts on leadership and looking forward to seeing um, how many more students you get to, to work with. Thank you, Stanley. And we'll be back with more of the Talking Raven podcast. Big thanks to Dr. Omechi for the inspiring conversation. It's always fun when you get a chance to connect with a fellow Duke fanatic. Now, next week, we're going to have a bit of a jam-packed episode. We're talking public affairs. And not only will we have Dr. James Milner... We're also going to have a panel of students who are involved in LEARN. So tune in to our next episode to learn what that's all about. Until then, this has been a Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all.